Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam, I think together, I think you and I. Yeah. I think we're a force. <laughs> I think we're force. I think we're a force to be reckoned with. To be reckoned with? Wow. Oh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> You're an oh, A man. force to you're A force to be reckoned <laughs> with. Well, uh, you know it's funny we're, we've been doing this show for a long time, and um, yeah, bud, always... bud, bud. Can I tell you something about <laughs> yeah. how long we've been doing this show that really upset me the other the day? Show. Yeah, uh, to the point where I was talking to somebody about how many times Kitty Pride has almost gotten married. And I was like, oh, yeah, we did a show not that long ago about it. Yeah, that show was in 2018. The episode where Kitty Pride doesn't get married three times was in 2018. It wasn't that long ago. Adam, Adam uh, it's, it's 2020 right now. That's, I understand that was late 2018 and this is early 2020, but 20 minus 18 is four. Wow. And but uh, the show had already been going for a bit by the time we got to that episode. That's crazy. And here we are in it's episode 76, I believe, folks. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is that, like, it still amazes me when we've gotten this far into the show and we have not covered something like our first story this week, um, which is just kind of boggling my mind. Uh, but we are going to talk about what's our theme this week? Garrison Kane, I think we said was the theme. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this 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 week's episode is about Garrison Kane. You may know him uh, by by his designation, Weapon X. That's right. And his go-go gadget hands, which come off and will choke you. Yeah, the thing about Garrison Kane, people, do you know, you probably don't know a lot about Garrison Kane, which is fine. Um, he's had 54 appearances in comics, and how many of those appearances are good? Who can mm. say? Who can say? <laughs> Who I like Garrison Kane. I, I I think we have some uh, some exploring to do today. Shockingly low number of appearances, though. Where is Garrison Kane these days? Uh, Garrison Kane has not appeared since 2017. Wow. Before then, it's time. Before then, Garrison Kane was in the Deadpool wedding issue where everybody was in. Oh, okay, that's and nice. Then, and then Garrison Kane, previous to that, had not been in a comic since 2003. <laughs> wow! In in the Frank Thierry Weapon X, people are a really, book that uh, we've like never covered. It's bad yeah. too. We got to cover some Frank Thierry Weapon X at some point. Yeah, we haven't haven't done that one. Uh, so, uh, do folk? Do you think if we just say Garrison Kane, anyone's gonna know? Like even X Men fans, are they gonna know what Garris who Garrison Kane is? That depends on their birth date and whether they were in the 90s as hooked on X-Men as I was, um, because he's very much a figure of the early issues of X-Force, which is where we're starting today. So uh, who requested this, Zach? Well, this came to us from Patreon supporter 
uh, Tim Gager. And Tim went on over to uh, patreon.com slash comicsxf and said, folks, I like what you're doing. I think it, I think it's great. I think you got Moxie. And I think I would like you to talk about X-Force 1 and 2, a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we we chose not to go too much further than this because the second arc is already the uh, World Trade Center Black Tom Juggernaut crossover with Spider Man. We're, we're so. not there yet. We we make a lot of jokes. Um, yeah, that's what that's one that like we're we're just gonna need some time to get to that <laughs> one, folks. Yeah, but we are talking about this. Uh, this is the first book of the Mutant Genesis promo push of the relaunch of the X-Line in 1991. Um, and when it came out, X-Force 1, best-selling comic book of all time until Jim Lee uh, knocked Mr. Liefeld off of his his uh, pedestal there. Um, what, what did over, it end up with? Five, over 5 million copies? I believe so, yeah. Something like five and a half. Um, came polybagged with one of five different trading cards. Um, you could also order a T-shirt of any of those was it an all? O- oh no! Okay, I didn't know if it was one of the one of the super cool looking in ads all over T shirts that Marvel sold in the early nineties. No, unfortunately, it's just a plain white Hanes T shirt. I'm I'm holding the trading card that has the ad on it to to show Zach, but um, it's just the trading card image on a white Hanes shirt. It's it's not very exciting. The trading cards you can get for this were wild. Just I'm looking at this right now. So the trading cards you get, you're holding up Cable. That makes I sense. I am holding up Cable, yes. Um, X-Force as the team. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shatterstar, who had appeared two issues ago? I think New 100 Mutants, is his first appearance, right? Is I he appearing in 99? I think 99 is a cameo, maybe. Okay, right, yeah. Like but he appears on the last of, panel, I yep. think, of 99. Yep. Yep, and then 100 is his first like real role. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shatterstar... Sunspot yep. and Gideon. We all remember Gideon, the most important character introduced in New Mutants 98. Yep. He of the green ponytail. And also Deadpool, which I think there's been a weird revisionist history around Deadpool. When people are want to be as uncharitable to uh, the plotter and penciler on this issue, Rob Liefeld, as possible. When, mm-hmm. when they want to make sure that Rob's contributions to comics are as minimized as they could be, they'll be like, yeah, well, Deadpool wasn't really Deadpool in 1991. And it doesn't matter because Deadpool was super popular in 1991 with one appearance. That is 100% correct. And we will get to Deadpool uh, in just a second when we talk about issue two. Uh, but issue one is uh, over 30 pages long. And uh, I would argue is I feel like this is peak Rob is these first two issues, you know, this, this uh, first issues. Here's the thing. It's Rob life. Y'all know about Rob life out. We we've yeah, the Rob he's he's appeared on this show. He didn't know it, but he has. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's uh, scripted by friend of the show. Fabian Niciesa. Brad Vacanta does the colors on this. Um, I get it. Here's the thing. 1991, I don't think Rob Liefeld is particularly the best artist out there. I don't think that Rob Liefeld is a personal favorite of mine. And I think of the Image Founders, uh, he is easily the weakest, except for Jim Valentino, the luckiest man in the world. 
Rob Liefeld is dynamic in these issues and does make them very fun to read. Yeah. Like, I can I tell you how exciting it was to be 11 years old and picking these things up off the shelf and reading these things? I mean, all of my sketchbooks from this time period are filled with, like, these scrunched up faces that look constipated because I wanted to draw, like, Rob Liefeld. Oh, my gosh. And, Adam, I, I own a zine that you did of <laughs> Adam from, what, 2019 or something. It was a Drawing, like, ago, yeah. Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, or drawing characters based on rob liefeld designs more or less yes um yeah i am fascinated to see what adam trying to be rob liefeld and also not having all of his art fundamentals down (laughs) i'm fascinated to see what that looks like just knowing you today that sounds wild (laughs) because i would not i would not call rob liefeld a strong influence on your your current style No. And, you know, it just goes to show like just how big a deal this was. You know what I mean? Like when they show footage of people lining up in the speculation boom of of the comics of the early 90s, this is what they're after. And it's because it's dynamic and it's exciting. Um, It's also just a bunch of nonsense. The whole first issue of X-Force is basically just about the new lineup from the end of New Mutants, basically jumping down starts in meteor res like right. they do not they assume you know what's going on yes uh and it's just x-force is gonna go like it's an old gi joe cartoon they're just it gonna go so it's such a gi <laughs> joe right like yeah i've not read a lot of hama's gi joe this feels like gi joe i'm thinking more about the, the 80s tv show where like laser beams are just shooting everywhere and oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's actually dying because all of the Cobra people are robots. And like here we have Reaper does get his hand lobbed off. (laughs) That'll come back later this episode. It Um, constantly comes back. Reaper shouldn't have a hand. It's just what it is. No. So it's just like straight up action. And and Liefeld is is he's firing on all cylinders. Um, He does a two page uh, splash that is a swipe from George Perez team Titans uh, to start it off. And I'm not going to lie. It looks good. It looks great. The art here is dynamic. It is fun. Uh, Rob is inking himself and doing this thing that, that he did where he would kind of like erase little pieces of his pencil lines and then echo that effect into his uh, inking. And it looks great. Like, hold on, is uh, is this a swipe from Teen Titans or is it an homage to it? Because it it looks a lot like they are I, in very similar poses. And I, it, the, it's absolutely not a swipe. I'm looking. I'm looking at that Teen Titans. You are right that it is the it Rob is saying. Homage. I would like to do. I would like to reference this thing. Yes. Dang. Rob had done a. Rob Listen, had done a couple. If he's, if he's trying to emulate anybody, uh, George Perez. Good call. That's the person to go great, to, right? Great instincts, the Rob. <laughs> he had done a couple of notable swipes, especially for some of his cover images going into this issue. So it's it's not unusual for Rob to do something like this. Um, but we're also getting introduced to some of his visual hallmarks, which is, you know, like these weird pill-shaped backgrounds that uh, look, you know, like random multicolored wallpapers that I guess are supposed to be like mechanical I, I don't know what what are they what do you think those are supposed to be i, I don't know what they are i have uh, no idea no idea uh the weird anatomy 
the over the top violence it's all here and uh i mean heck it's fun yeah no that's the thing is this comic good eh, this comic it's is cer- great it's certainly not bad it's just there's so much going on it's it's the rob throwing a brick on the gas pedal and that's yes. it he's not paying attention to if what he's drawing makes sense or if the story <laughs> flows at all or has any relevant plotting it's just there so you get you get this big attack for half the issue and then he stops doing any action and just like sets up every subplot that he's going to be forgetting about in less than a year uh he's got you got you got George Washington Bridge, GW. Mm-hmm. You got GW Bridge GW. in this. Yes, love that uh, guy. You get you get hints about Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get you get talking about Mister Tolliver uh, is in this. You got strife in the mutant liberation front. You got the start of the Black Tom Cassidy stuff. And Bud, you know you got Gideon. Yes, uh, and there's even some. Uh, you mentioned the the Tyler stuff, but you also get more hints about cables, like mysterious power set. Like now he's telekinetic, and yeah, he's like, yeah, I didn't tell anyone I was telekinetic. I don't want him to know, Domino. I'm sorry. <laughs> and just, we this go, is easier for me. Yeah, we go directly from that into the second issue, which is the cover. Uh, actually, says right in the uh, the the. Um, number box in the top left deadpool's back right so like you were saying he's already super popular and uh not only is he back but we're gonna introduce garrison kane the new weapon x this is a weird idea garrison kane is the worst he got his arms replaced with robot arms and most of his body replaced with a robot body and now he he can shoot shoot them off uh like rockets He's the new Weapon X, uh, working for Department K, but also a mercenary that GW Bridge. You know GW Bridge. He's part of Shield. Yep. Uh, which honestly, where's GW Bridge been? Love that's that guy. that's a poll. If you want to be like, hey, the mutant desk in the CIA or whatever needs like a liaison. <laughs> uh, wait, I'm sorry. Was GW Bridge in a comic very recently, and I did not read it? Oh, that'd be cool. Where do you appear? He appeared in the comic Ravencroft by oh, Frank Thierry, uh, which course. I did not read. No, did not that did count. not read the Ravencroft comic. Uh, no, no, he's he's last really been in a Punisher comic where he was hunting the Punisher. Eh, I don't like that either. All right. Well, anyway. No. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Do you think Gita? Oh, he apparently died in that comic. Oh mm. no. Oh, poor GW. It was, I was worried years ago. Was I'm sure GW Bridge could be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can work this out. Um, we, we gotta get GW Bridge back. <laughs> See, the, what's what always makes me laugh about the second issue is that one of the things that Rob established is, you know, he has two different kinds of backgrounds that he likes to do. One is the one that I just mentioned, which is sort of the metallic backgrounds with the with the pill-shaped things on them. The other thing he likes to do is have characters fight in front of crates, big wooden crates. And he did it in new mutants on uh, his run but he brings it back here we'll see it again this episode and it is just so funny to me that that's his go-to is like here's just a random corner of a wooden crate <laughs> dude really was a kid who grew up on 80s cartoons and was like oh i can draw this 
Right, right. Things that they did for cost-cutting measures. <laughs> he does. That's what he's like, got. so that they could reuse assets. Uh, the it's Rob's like, like scrolling no, backgrounds. This is this is my defined style. It does work here. Deadpool is fully formed. Like, I was I surprised. He, he is. He's like. He's not a hundred percent to Deadpool. He's like eighty-five to ninety percent there. Deadpool, I, I, I am guilty credit. of that of saying yeah. that he's not. But you know, he he is wisecracking at the very least. You know what I mean? Um, most of this issue, the second issue, is about an outdoor training sequence in which Farrell rips Cannonball up just to like prove how ruthless and terrifying these characters can be. Farrell's um, the worst, right? Like Farrell's absolutely the worst x-force character <laughs> Irre- irredeemable um, just fu- fun ab- but yeah is it weird that the rob got rid of wolfsbane and immediately brought feral in who is treated very similar to wolfsbane in terms of what she does in the comic like not um, her personality wise but it I feel is like, i feel like wolfsbane could have just been feral oh sure i mean in, like in like a different world, they say no, Rob. You can just do your stories, but can you have Rain do them? <laughs> I I don't disagree. I also believe that Rob was being a savvy businessman and uh, trying to introduce as many of his own characters as possible and trying to get some royalties uh, into his contract. So, listen, listen. I get it. Good for him. Yeah. Another fun thing about this issue um, that I don't know if everybody realizes is that obviously the Rob was already a little bit pressed for time because if you look towards the end of the issue, there are at least two, maybe three pages that are very clearly inked by Eric Larson, um, (laughs) which is an interesting scenario that you don't see that often because todd mcfarlane did uh inks on some of eric larson's covers for new mutants but you i don't think this is this is probably the only time you ever see that combination so it's really weird rob liefeld's covers on new mutants not not eric larson's covers. yes i'm sorry i, right. I mixed that up so anyway, how dare you I get think... any of these guys mixed up <laughs> so um you know this was an exciting time uh, for for kids and X Men, and I think Rob Liefeld answered answered the call. It's uh, it's an exciting, uh, you know, action movie influence start to a new series. It's exactly as advertised. It is what every comic tried to be. Like I know they were trying to chase that X Men money, but I also feel like while they were trying to pull some of the, like the character tropes and stuff from X Men, all of the early Image books were kind of trying to be rob's x-force sure like all the team books they were they were aiming for that mm-hmm. yeah and hey listen this was a pretty it's a it's a pretty fun start honestly i think the first bit of rob's x-force like through the crossover with spider-man mm-hmm. i think like those first four issues are really really good uh, and i think the toad brotherhood stuff it starts to yeah. uh pretty pretty seriously fall apart Mm-hmm. And then after that, I mean, like, the Mike Mignola issue is good because it's Mike Mignola uh, drawing a whole issue of X-Force, which right. rules. But beyond but, that, uh, is he even on it by nine anymore? Is he – okay, he's still credited. Okay, he's got – He's credited as, like, plotting all the way through the first year, I think. Um, yeah, because he's like got – okay. 12. But he then, stops you penciling know. with ten. 
Yeah. He's not, he's, he's basically like maybe submitted some layouts for Pachella. Um, so he's, he already had his foot out the door, you know, which is kind of amazing. Like this is his baby that he, uh, you know, he basically made them cancel new mutants for, you know, they, I realized new mutants wasn't doing well, but it was once he started on the book. Yeah. So, uh, you know, anyway, uh, you I should, y'all should, if you've given, if you've given X-Force a pass, you should check out, like, the first chunk of the stuff that Rob's doing, just in terms of historical, like, you need to know that the, what these comics were. Yeah. Also, yeah. The, this one's pretty good, actually. I kind of like it. I If you compare it to, like, what he did jump ship for and try to read Youngblood and make any sense of it, it's amazing how coherent X-Force is and like it may just be the 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 added component of having Fabes on board to like I think I think when rubber. Rob I think when we'll find out in this episode later but when Rob has a decent scripter on on this who can understand what the story should be it can work to its favor. It does. It helps. It does it absolutely helps. does. All right, we should rank this on our giant list, shouldn't we? Yeah, we're ranking every X-Men story. Uh, we've ranked 603 of them. Uh, we're ranking them from best to worst. That's the order that we thought we should do it. So the best X-Men story ever is, of course, of course, uh, the House of X and the Powers of Ten. Uh, the 100th best is Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, 1 through 3. Everything is sinister. Number 200 is that Gold Balls issue of Uncanny X-Men, uh, the Bendis era. Number 300 is Astonishing X-Men Until Our Hearts Stop uh, by Greg Land and Matty Rose. Uh, Extreme X-Men Expose is at number 400. Uh, Number 500 is X-Men Die by the Sword. Number 600 is She Lies with Angels, LOL, uh, which is what I have written on my little sheet here. (laughs) And then number 603 is The Draco. So we got to talk about two bad Chuck Austin comics today, which is... uh, notable on this show i think um adam do we have we don't have a huge amount of x-force on this list of the 90s stuff no Uh, but um at 190 we have x-force 75 which is the burning man issue um what do you think better or worse we're close i know it's not as good as 104 which is assault on gray malkin no, um, but I do think we're probably in the 100s. Uh, so... this, is, this is not as good as the Cy Spurrier X-Force Us versus Them at 181. No. Um, how do you think about it uh, in comparison to the first three issues of Wolverine and the X-Men? Okay, so Chris Pichalo's art is better. No, yes, no I would agree. about that. No yes. question. Literally, literally, my favorite working artist. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll give the edge to Wolverine and the X-Men. Hold on. Um, Hold on. Oh, you. I'm sorry. You weren't done. I think that in terms of an intro, X-Force is a stronger introduction than Wolverine <laughs> and the X-Men. And that may be because I have a weirdly low tolerance for Jason Aaron nonsense, and I have a very high tolerance for Fabian Iciesa nonsense. They are different types of nonsense, both nonsense in their own way. All right. So the book that's in between here now is uh, 182. We have X-Factor Volume 3, number 16, No Dominion. What the heck is that? Oh, that's the one about uh, John Maddox. 
the the Madrox dupe who's a priest. Oh right. Okay, that all right, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That um, one's pretty good. Uh it yeah. is it, it is a story about uh, a sad religion man, and yes. I do love those. I'm gonna leave it up to you then. Do you think it's better or worse than that one? Listen, it's probably No Dominion is probably a better story. I think I would rather reread the first two issues of X-Force. Like, end, end of the day, I think that's where it comes down to is, no, I'd rather I'd rather reread this dumb nonsense comic, so it should be our <laughs> new number 182. Good showing. Good showing. That's a lot of fun. People might have thought we were going to be mean to that comic. And listen, again, I didn't call it good. Do people know how many times I have read these comics? Like, let me tell you how many times I read these comics. Like, listen here, young blood. <laughs> Adam, Adam here has read these comics <laughs> since he was in diapers. Uh, and speaking of uh, the era, obviously, like one of the uh, most, you know, the one of the biggest drivers, let's say, of sales was. Uh, we've mentioned at this time that everybody was fascinated with the, the mysterious past of Wolverine, but the idea of who Cable was, what his connection to his doppelganger Strife was, and all of the mysterious backstory. Like, how did he know this person? How did he know this person? Um, so while X-Force is still in its uh, first year, we got a limited s- series, two issues, mind you, uh cable blood and metal wow yeah fabian ecaza writes this yep. and it's penciled by john ramita jr uh, i love this um hey you... <laughs> yeah you know how i'm i'm not necessarily the nicest to john ramita jr at all times uh-huh no this is good jrjr like it's it's this is where you can see what he's going to become but i Oh my gosh, wait, no, this came out like right at the same time as Hearts of Darkness, didn't it? I believe it's a little bit after, but we're in that same era. Like we're um, we're in that we're in that early nineties era of JRJR. Yeah. This it's is right good. before like the X-Men three hundred esque like era of, you know, everybody's getting really puffy. Um yeah. you well, know, listen, his cable is not not puffy. Everybody's everybody's a big block of like minecraft cube in this right like (laughs) he's just stacking legos (laughs) yeah so adam did you think about this issue and remember that it opens up uh with cable doing a wetworks job in the post uh islamic revolution iran i was i have not i have not revisited this in a while Right. Um, what I remember about this is sort of the fun uh, art history, apocalypse artifacts, uh, Garrison Kane eating a sub. I did not recall that the first couple pages of this are the six pack essentially jumping off of a skyscraper, uh, skyscraper and massacring a crowd of Iranians. Like, what? <laughs> not super great. Uh, cable. Cable's done some things that he's not um, proud of. Uh, You mentioned Six Pack, and we need to talk about Six Pack, or the Wild Pack, as they get a name change in this because uh, somebody remembered that Silver Sable's characters from (laughs) Spider-Man are the Wild Pack. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we got a nice little joke there about that. Yeah, uh, it's Cable's mercenary team. So there's Cable, 
Cable is the grizzled veteran of the group. Not there's, to be confused with Grizz. <laughs> yeah, so there's Grizzly, uh, who's a big mean guy, who's red. Never really explained. He's a mutant, I guess. Um, there's GW Bridge, of course. Of course right. GW Bridge. There's Garrison Kane, who's the young blood hotshot of the group, who may be under 21, <laughs> this comic implies. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, he's, he's a, definitely he's a not child. A uh, Domino's here. And then Hammer is here. That's Eisenhower Canty. Uh, yeah, so these guys are basically going on mercenary missions together, uh, collapsing buildings, doing whatever needs to get done. Um, and we're getting a lot of the backstory that had been started in X-Force number eight. And uh, very quickly, we learned that a lot of their jobs are working for Tolliver, um, which also ties back to what was happening in X-Force. But they very quickly get distracted by Cable's uh, obsession with strife and no one knows what's going on. So we've got this backstory happening. And then in the present day, we have strife and Cable on sort of a race together. Uh, They're both chasing artifacts that do seem to have Apocalypse's face on them. Yeah. Which is weird. Hey, I was just thinking about this. Why is there? Why was there not a mini series where Six Pack comes across a mission with Task Force X? That feels like it would have been a gimme. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of a uh, lot of potential here. I think um, when Cable, the ongoing series, started, I know for myself, I expected it to be more of this kind of storytelling. And when it wasn't, I was so disappointed um, because as as little as this gives you. It still gives you enough that it is interesting. Um, now, we should probably make sure we uh, make note of the fact that Garrison Kane plays a big part in these two issues. Oh, yeah. Garrison Kane is Cable's best friend in these two issues. He also hates him and wants to murder him. Yes. It's a there... good relationship, actually. It rules. <laughs> There's... Here, here's the thing about Garrison Kane. He's dumb. Garrison <laughs> Kane is very, very dumb in these. Like... I'm not saying, like, he's a bad 90s character, which he is. He's also stupid. Yeah. Like, he's also an unintelligent, unthoughtful guy. And that's very funny for Cable to have to deal with. Yeah, and like, Cable... Maybe it understands it. He's like, oh, this Cable is funny. Go to, he went to Harvard, right? Isn't that canon? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Cable went to Harvard Law. <laughs> right. And uh, Also the School of Hard Knocks. Garrison Kane did obviously not go to college. Uh, he spent time with the six-pack blowing up uh, things and killing Iranians. So, um, <laughs> Again, man, Cable, uh... <laughs> bud, mm, that one's... We're going to have to have a reckoning about this <laughs> at some point, bud. You should not... Listen, listen, I'm not a fan of the Iranian Revolution. I think in general it led to some pretty pretty bad stuff and pretty uh, pretty backwards stuff for an entire country that at the, up until that point had been very progressive. Um, dude, you cannot unload on a crowd of civilians, man. No, no. You can't. Domino, come on, girl, you know better. Uh, other bad etiquette, uh, you probably, you know, when you want to, talk to somebody about a problem you're having with them you probably don't want to crash through their window and attack them with your laser fingers (laughs) (laughs) i love garrison kane so stupid (laughs) which is exactly what garrison kane does because he thinks that cable is strife again fair actually that one hold on hold on that one makes sense it's 
man, there's so much that's dumb. Yeah, they're doing they're doing this amazing race to get all these artifacts that have Apocalypse's face on them for reasons. It's a MacGuffin. It doesn't lead to anything. All it leads to is Cable and Strife getting into a big thing, and Cable having to betray Six Pack, yep. uh, including forever like paralyzing Hammer, mm-hmm. shooting him in the spinal column, yep. like paralyzes him, and the explosion is what takes out Garrison uh, Kane's arms. Yeah, so, Garrison Kane loses. Both of course, of his people arms. hate him. You know. <laughs> Honestly, listen, if I'm six pack, if I'm GW Bridge, if I'm GW Bridge, good good American soldier, I'm looking at this guy who looks identical to a terrorist leader, mm-hmm. was willing to kill indiscriminately, and betrayed my team. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, I don't trust this man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh it's not a good look. Um now, luckily, Kane and uh cable reconcile there's another face-to-face confrontation where uh cable quite literally yes fabian does make that joke again i think they make that joke um they do well because it's important to note this is the first time that cable learns that strife has his face which is interesting that's a that gets retconned away. I'm sure it gets retconned, but he, but this like, was I am, in no in print. i'm three thousand percent sure that gets retconned away yeah, like it's by the time by the time adventures of Cyclops mm-hmm. and Phoenix at minimum, right? Uh, but they do have this face to face, and Cable does make the choice to save Kane instead of like stealing the information that he wanted from Cable. I don't know. There's something about Listen, the plot... how Strife wants Professor the the computer system, and and Cable is willing to destroy something. Sometimes. Sometimes Fabian Nicieza gets paid a lot of money to write techno babble nonsense so that his artists can draw cool things. And Papa Fabes is doing that right here. My personal best friend, Fabian Nicieza. That's what he's doing here. Yeah. And I love it. I, uh, I adore these two issues. I think that uh, JRJR is firing on all cylinders. I love the artwork. Um, it's the same colorist as X-Force. So you're still getting those... Um, we didn't talk about this with uh, X-Force, but Brad Vancata brought this like neon palette uh, to the X-Force books, and he brings it here, too. I think it's really cool. So not a lot gets resolved at the end. They end up back in some version of the future where it's indicated that Apocalypse rules, but Garrison yeah, gets no, his he, arms back. He, get, he, he takes Garrison Kane into the Ascani uh, future, the Clint yeah. Ascani future, and he's like... Hey, Garrison, uh, you're going to live here now. And With your it. arms. <laughs> you get arms, though. Yeah. and that, that's Garrison Kane will lose these arms. Yes. So, a lot of fun. Um, obviously, as a JRJR fan, I highly recommend this. Why don't we rank it? Because it's an interesting book. Do you like it better than X-Force 1 and 2? I personally do. Um, yeah, it I think it's, it's better than it. I think it's artistically more interesting and uh, it has some really fun character moments in it that I like. Is this better than Wolverine Snicked at 158? Um, I don't know if I would go that high. Yeah, because Snicked, I'm, I'm feeling like Snicked, I'm feeling right now. I'm like, yeah, no. Because right that below one. that is uh, Assault, Machlo, on Weapon Plus. Assault on Weapon Plus, which I think I would give that the edge. Yeah, that's um, that's a good 
version of a story similar to this. Is this better than Avengers vs. X-Men at 162? Also has JRJR art. I know how much you love that. I know I enjoy this more than AVX, but I. what do you think? Yeah, it's better. I'd say between AVX at 164 and 163's Amazing X-Men The Quest for Nightcrawler. I would put it one step up. Do you like it? You like Ed McGuinness's uh, and Jason Aaron's Amazing X-Men better? I did say earlier in this episode that I have a higher tolerance for Fabian DCA's <laughs> specific brand of nonsense. So by my own petard, I am hoisted. Uh, this can be our 163 nice. uh, because it's not better than X-Men Back- Black Apocalypse because Perfect. I have a much, much higher tolerance for Zach Thompson and Alani Nadler's uh, specific <laughs> brand of uh, nonsense. Oh, man, that's great. All right, but we do have one more Garrison Kane story, and uh, this one brings us back to the Rob. Well... You know, you know about the Rob, right? And his uh, his relationship with the Image Comics and the Marvel Comics folks. Hmm. Complicated history. Yeah, uh, baby. Now they got bad blood. It used to be <laughs> mad love, and they need to take a look at what they've done because, baby, now they've got bad blood. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's right. We're talking about the Adam. Uh... They've got problems, and I don't think they can solve them. <laughs> they no, made this... a really deep cut. <laughs> you're just gonna do the whole song baby now they've got bad blood <laughs> oh man yes See, we're if, talking... you were, if you were good at the bit you would have immediately like deadpan and been like did you have to do that <laughs> or did you have to do this like, i was enjoying it i was enjoying no, if, it oh we should have we should have played that ahead because <laughs> i've had the lyrics to taylor swift's bad blood featuring kendrick lamar up on my screen for a spell Oh, my God. As a uh, reminder, I obviously know the lyrics already. Of course. You know, it's, it's a simple poem written by a genius. Uh, so <laughs> we're not talking about Taylor Swift here. We are talking about Deadpool Bad Blood uh, by Rob Liefeld, Chris Sims, Chad Bowers, and Colors by... Who's the colorist on this? Because that's important. Yeah. Ramula Fajardo Jr. People know about the Rob already. Right, uh, right. You might know Chris Sims and Chad Bowers from X-Men 92, or Chris Sims specifically for being on this podcast slash we stole the entire concept. We, I, stole the entire concept of this podcast from a Chris Sims podcast. <laughs> this is very much a The Rob uh, production here, though, um, and a sizable one. Um, this is about 90 pages worth of content. So, you know, we're talking at least three issues worth of comics here. And, um, well, this ain't the same level of Rob that we were talking about in X-Force 1 and 2. But it is an interesting look at what the Rob can look like with a different kind of colorist. His ne- The Rob's next project for Marvel is Major X Right after this. A book yes. we have not covered yet. And, but we have yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Eventually. This is a lot stronger than Major X in terms of the art, right? Like, it's a step change difference? Um, You know, what's interesting is uh, the coloring is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. And it brings uh, a sensibility to this that makes it, it rises the art above what it actually would be if it was just the inks. Um, so you're getting textures, you're getting, uh, smoke clouds, explosions, 
things that don't exist within just the the line art and it really elevates what the pages look like um i think if you were just to look at these alone with just the rob they look okay you know this is kind of like later period the rob but even there i think the the work is a little bit stronger than what we've seen with like the x-force the return to x-force that he did Oh, the kill shot anniversary special what was that yeah that was that was what was that now does this need to be 90 pages long no you could have told this story in about 22 pages it's basically about deadpool being hunted by a giant robot-looking guy named Thumper who wants to kill him. Do you like the him. Thumper design? No, it, it looks is, stupid. <laughs> I like I like his World War One gas mask. Okay, I do like that. All right, Thumper's um, just like this big dude. Yeah, who turns out to be a childhood friend of Wade Wilson, who always wanted to be Wade Wilson. You know, pre-cancer, pre. I guess now he knows he's Deadpool. Honestly, so. even post-cancer, he wanted to be Wade Wilson. Yeah, and, uh, you know, has has been programmed to go kill uh, Wade by none other than Garrison uh, Kane. <laughs> by Garrison Kane, the world's dumbest man. Uh, Garrison's <laughs> working for Department H again. And here's the thing. They developed Agent Daedalus, a.k.a. Thumper, mm-hmm. to clean up all of the all the bad stuff the department h did all the bad weapon x projects right uh and then they said start with deadpool which was a wild choice for guy who worships deadpool yeah because he can't get the job done so he can't do the rest of his job so he's just stuck continually continually trying to kill deadpool um in the midst of this we get interactions with domino we get a flashback to some of the members of x-force uh, the Rob pulls the Chop Reaper's handoff thing, realizing that I'm Honestly, probably not remembering funny. that that happened again in Executioner's song. Hey, listen, he doesn't know. Uh, Can I tell not. you who does know? <laughs> Chris Script- and Chad. <laughs> Scripters Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, who in a what I think is a truly great choice, they just lean into, okay, this is the Rob comic. And he's plotting this whole thing. But we can, like, this is a Deadpool comic, too, so we can make the dialogue self-aware mm-hmm. and no one will know. Like, I don't think I don't think if The Rob would have scripted this or if it would have come out of one of his protégés, for example, that always scripted his stuff, I don't think this would have been a jokey comic. I think it would have been very serious. And what Chris and Chad do is add a good level of humor to it. Oh and yeah, just self-aware enough. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a scene later in the book where um, <laughs> Deadpool flies out of what it, I guess is glass, and the the narration bubble is I didn't realize we were in a skyscraper, <laughs> which is so it's... funny because it's such a nodding wink to the fact that Rob is not paying attention to what the backgrounds are. He never cares. The colorist is doing the heavy lifting and painting in the buildings in this uh, scene. And it like it's that kind of stuff that really is kind of funny. No, it's I generally enjoy like the dialogue. I think it's snippy and I think it works. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I think that this is a bloated uh, thing, but I guess it must have some kind of value because 
uh, as you mentioned before we went on air, they're re-releasing this in single issues. Yeah, they're doing two single issues of this uh, sometime soon. Listen, if you've not read it, I I wouldn't say that you shouldn't check it out. It's it's weird. Like I think I think there's enough good in it that outweigh the fact that I mean, listen, it's still it's still 2010s Rob Liefeld art. It's not you're not going to be happy with all of it. Yeah, I mean, you listen. I want to give it credit because I I like Chris and Chad's work on uh, a variety of things, you know. And Chad has done a lot of collaborating with the Rob. Uh, did a Snake Eyes thing with him. Um, actually wrote uh, a volume of Young Blood uh, before it got sold off to whatever terrific something or other. Listen, um, no one really knows what the Rob did with Young Blood, but he made. <laughs> I don't think he knows terrible choices. <laughs> yes. Um, so there is some fun to be had here. I do think they kind of like miss the boat on Garrison. Like he is just this angry zombie man in this. And it doesn't quite line up with the the guy we know. It doesn't. He does now have explodo legs too to go with the arms. Right. <laughs> he can detach his torso from his bottom legs and like float and around. Say, I, cannonball I, style. I think that is a challenge with the book itself. I don't want to necessarily assign blame to that characterization when I don't know what the process was and who was just getting pages and saying, okay, we got to make this make sense. I think that's a very good point because, you know, you could be looking at a Marvel uh, style situation here where they're writing in response. I can can tell you explicitly you were. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, does what it advertises that it's doing. And uh, I think, you know, we're a long way off from uh, the peak of, of X-Force 1, but we're still seeing we're some not, of those home. We're a long way off from the peak of X-Force 1. We are not near the nadir of X-Force Volume 2. No, I would agree. I would agree. And and that's uh, due to the participants here. If this just been a Rob event and you just had some very flat coloring on here, it would have looked a hell of a lot worse. But, you know, given who he's teaming up with here, looks a little bit better, you know? Yeah, I think think between the colorists and the scripting, like, there's, there is something worth enjoying here. Sure. Here's the truth. Number 280 is Old Man Logan, and this is not as good as Old Man Logan. Oh, no. What? Yeah, that's way I too high. was just scrolling. That's <laughs> this is not as good as three hundred one. The Deadpool Axis uh, crossover issues. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, um, it is better than wow. We we have a huge gap on Deadpool. So at at three forty eight, we have burnt off the burnt offerings. Cable and Deadpool seven through ten, which I think is honestly that's better than very this. comparable. It's, I think we're in the right ballpark because the next Deadpool story we have is 585, uh, Deadpool versus X Force, and this is significantly better than that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't going to go that low. Um, how do you feel about it compared to something like 411, which is the first appearance of Gambit? Yeah, first appearance of Gambit's probably better. Uh, but like, let's see, 450 is the King Hyperion arc of Exiles. Okay, but that's. This is better than the King Hyperion, which is those are the three issues where King Hyperion just kills a lot of people yes. and is mean. Like I think this is better than Cataclysm Ultimate X Men. 
Okay. I enjoyed it more. It's a very breezy read, and it's got value. Okay. I think this is better than The Haunting of Castle Doom, X-Force 63 to 64. Probably better than The Hunt for Wolverine Weapon Lost. Actually, I want to say definitely better than that. Hold on. Let's back up a sec. At 429, we have the last three issues of New Mutants. That's definitely better than this. Art's better. Intros characters are better. This 98 to 100 is better than Deadpool Bad Blood. Fine, but we're putting we're putting it right under there. It's a 430. All right. This is good. It's a good place for it. I didn't have a bad time with Deadpool Bad Blood. I'm it's just going to say they're, Marvel they're gave about... me a free copy of that when it came out, <laughs> and I gave it too good of a review at the time. Um, it was, I think, my second review I had ever actually done. No, yeah. third. I gave my first three reviews, which are all still on uh, the comicsexaminerfiles.com. If you if you want to, if you want to find them, are good reviews for the following pieces of media: X Men Gold Number One. Oh boy, X Men Apocalypse, Deadpool Bad Blood, batting a thousand there, buddy. <laughs> Man, listen, I was happy to be there. No shame where in I was that at. game. Um, Oof. yeah, I've I've become more critical in my in my weary age. <laughs> Now well, I'm a 30 year old cynic, Adam. Hey, that's where you know, I'm at. We all get to that point where we have detachable hands, and uh, you know, we just we just keep growing old and get new robot parts. It's just tough. I mean, band aids can't fix bullet holes. No, nope. Uh, <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> Adam, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, folks, you can always find me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. I've got uh, this past week, I uh, did a fun article about who Patrick Stewart could be playing in Doctor Strange 2. So if you missed that, check it out. Uh, also helped with uh, the finale coverage of Boba Fett. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's up on Comics XF 2. And uh, Zach? No, just there's not a Comics XF 2. It's just Comics XF. Yes, just just the the first one, not the sequel. Uh, comics. No, XF. we haven't done that yet, but <laughs> we could. We could. April first, maybe we'll see. Uh, Zach, what's going on with you? Nothing. <laughs> cool man. Honestly, Adam, nothing. I am. What's going on with me is that the world of heating, ventilation, and air conditioning and refrigeration is buck wild right now. I so bet. Zach is doing nothing. Well, also Buckwild is uh, the stories we're talking about next week on Battle of the Atom, which, uh, what what are we talking about next week? Uh, oh, next week. Next week we're talking about dumb Havoc stuff. Love it. Here's the thing, y'all know about Havoc, uh, y'all... Y'all know about uh, Havoc Cyclops' brother. We're gonna we're gonna do some dumb stuff with him. What was he up to <laughs> when things were being pretty dumb? Um, very excited to revisit some stories that I'm pretty sure are terrible. Can't wait. But until then, folks, this has been Battle of the Atom. And we hope you survived the experience. All my life I got money and buy. And you gotta live with the bad blood now. <laughs>